0: Let's talk about the future of blogs for businesses, a palindrome podcast. Blog posts for your businesses for, for, for your businesses branded blog are they they're like little packages of information bundled up neatly with key, keywords and images and hyperlinks. They are there to provide information to people when they need it. Simple. And I really do feel that branding in this new economy does not have to be driven by emotion or by trying to be too clever with people. Let's get back to basics, right? This new economy gives us that opportunity. Information is a commodity these days. Hello.
1: Hi, can you hear me?
0: Hi, yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: Hi can I How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. So, oh. I have read your format, so it looks pretty straightforward. Is there anything I- Before we start?
0: Oh, no, no, no. We've already started actually. This is this is um, pre- pretty much live already. So, um yeah, no no worries. You can just um uh we we're, we're actually just waiting for my co-host um Hang on a second. Okay, uh, I think he's on the way. So um, let me just introduce myself and the show. Uh, Neil, you can still hear me, right?
1: Yeah, I I, I can. Okay.
0: Oh, Nile. Okay, Nile. Cool.
1: Yeah. Cool. Like
0: very. very- Name, yeah. Ah, okay, here he is, my co-host Khaled. Um, okay, let me just introduce myself and the show. My name is Ralph uh, from Palindrome, and this is my co-host Khaled, also from Palindrome. Khaled, can you say hi?
2: Hi, hello.
1: Hey, Khaled.
0: All right, and uh, this show is called Let's Talk About the Future of Blogs for Businesses, and basically um, on this show, we have, we have talked to uh, a number mm-hmm. of professionals, in the marketing industry as well as entrepreneurs and founders um, about how they use mm-hmm. blogs for their businesses as well as you know things that are happening in their industries in general. So, um, Niall, maybe to start off, you could uh, tell our listeners um, who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm Niall Shabazz. I'm the head of marketing at InvoZone. So I am basically the content marketing guy. Uh, I have about 10 years experience, give or take, Um, most of which I have been writing and editing content, blog posts, even um, manuscripts. And then of marketing of content experience, digital marketing. Um, So yeah, that's basically what I do. So um, in my free time, I read articles about business of apps and digitization of our life, basically technology. That's pretty much it about me
2: right yeah, yeah. and uh, so Invo, invozone is uh, a pretty interesting platform because I see it outsourcing platform that, that, that that's focused on offering mm-hmm. tech expertise and software development services and and you, you guys have a pretty big host of options available here like from web development and app development, mm-hmm. uh, software development, analytics, UX design, the list goes on and on. And I yeah. think um, when it comes to you and your team, we're on the same page in a lot of ways. Um, and not just in terms of content. Like we, for one, we're huge. Especially in this day, where uh, technology and accessibility kind of favors the agile business owner, right? And, and mm-hmm. outsourcing, Aspects to, to key specialists can be pretty productive and cost-effective in the long run. But um, is it possible if you could tell us a little bit about how uh, Infozone got started and uh, uh, and what the source of inspiration was for for, for Infozone?
1: Uh, okay, so it's it's kind of an interest. I've uh, already interacted with the CEO for Ghana's Ease. <clears throat> so basically, he got robbed of. About ten thousand dollars, like his, his credit card. card. So he just got to uh, to the point where he got that um he got scammed out of like ten thousand dollars. So he realized team of a cybersecurity experts to tap into this services um scams. So he started out with a small team that was back in two thousand fourteen. But the demand was market of card um, at its peak, I guess. And like after the situation, the the digitization it has also started in the subcontinent region. It wasn't that strong here. Basically, out of scan, that's how the company started. Um, so you're pretty uh, almost the. We are company we are a software, software development company about our business in two major ways so, so um the first one is to create a website or an app for them so it, it, basically we take on a project f- so, so it's um it's pretty sh- the other part of our business uh the revenue me. is a re- so it, it works f- um, in such a way that uh, businesses, companies, startups, even entrepreneurs, so they, they hire a full-time or a part-time resource or an entire from mom. us, um, according to the required technology stack, and this is on our and they actually interview and or software engineers. Um, their so they handpick favorite resource and then they utilize their project so that's uh, in a Not- nutshell
2: right right yeah pretty interesting what started off as a kind of like a, a safeguarding measure for uh cyber problems kind of spiraled into what you have now um hmm. which is info right yeah and I, I like the approach of um resource augmentation where where you have you kind of focus on building the prospects who who need to you know mobilize their development initiatives, right? Could could you maybe share with us some some examples of the of the success cases where Invozone was able to successfully um, pick up and optimize uh, client projects, you know, using uh, via
1: resource organization? Uh, so actually. Name the cybersecurity there, have uh, to mention, cases. Let's mention names. Yeah. So I'm uh, yeah. just going to yeah. give you like yeah. a, um, a broader picture. So basically what happens is um, a client, well, we need a resource, uh, a tech expert, say of Elixir or React. And that, um, um, t- that technician is... So we provide contribute to the overall success of the project. <clears throat> How the model w- has worked. Um, um, and this across industries that get targeted. Yeah, we the, the fintech sector, the e-commerce, the health. So it's the same model that cost so many industries. So I don't know if that so that's why I generalized in, in like in two b- basic categories. So it's the same model industries. Yeah, I don't right? think... Does that answer your question? Uh,
0: I'm not sure if I've heard of anybody else that does that. I mean, I've heard of like business process outsourcing. I think it's called BPO, right? And then also um, yeah. uh, uh, like on-demand talent, like with Fiverr and stuff like that, but like never a whole team. So like b- basically it's like, um, an IT department out of the box, right?
1: Yes. So it's, it's totally... My, uh, the term is bespoke Solutions. So if they even want a project manager, uh, we also provide this. So they just need to... Instructions, they handpick the candidate. Partial. So, for them. so sometimes, sometimes they are more comfortable in providing their project manager and they just want to manage the, the programmers. So that also works. Sometimes you just handpick one or two candidates uh, for to contribute to their uh, project or whatever the business group, uh, feature they're they're aiming for. So yeah,
0: yeah. Like um, and, and and so I mean, are they able to choose like the methodologies, like Scrum? I want a Scrum master and stuff like that. For example, um, you know, um, or, or do you determine the types of uh, you know methodologies, whether agile or whatever? based on the project.
1: Project, it's whatever they require. The Scrum Master, then we go for that that. approach. So, they come to us, most of the time, they don't really have um, everything. They they want want, to, initially, they they didn't want to outsource, to hold on on, to control, control. they want to centralize everything. Sourcing Sourcing is risky. And they have; they're left with, and they like they present a problem to us, and then we give them a solution. Okay, so if you want to this way, we can offer you a resource or an entire team. Um, so then, um, a board meeting, and then they the discuss their budget and uh, their priorities, and then we come to the table, and then the contract is signed. Pretty, pretty much customized based on problem. It's not a general that we offer a, an agile um, master methodology approach, you know, like a cookie cutter. Right. And like uh, I,
0: I, I assume that uh, due to the COVID pandemic, you've seen a lot of um, um, a, a lot more of a shift towards digital and tech and stuff. Yeah. Uh- yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah we, we have, have like, um, um, like last year, when we, we were discussing about the business, business growth and the, um, the general outlook of the business, and we, we had, had a number in our, that by the end of 2021, we would have about like a 200 workforce in our company, but we've already reached that digitization. It's, it, I mean, in a good way, we much demand because everyone is, is just trying to break and mortar business to, to somehow it online uh some it have one channel if if covid is i, I don't, don't, don't know, know restaurant sales or their, their um decoration shop or something so yeah. Yeah,
0: I can imagine. I mean, like, but you're you're in Pakistan, uh, right? Are most of your uh, clients uh, based in Pakistan, or you know, elsewhere? Else,
1: Pakistan client uh, uh, has worked with us. So, so yeah, most of, the majority of our clients from the U.S., Canada, Europe. Malaysia.
0: How's the? Like, oh, in in Malaysia as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we're here in Malaysia. And yeah, I've, I've been seeing quite a bit of digitalization, people scrambling to get, you know, online and stuff like that. I mean, but in Pakistan, I, I imagine that there's still quite a bit of uh, on-ground and uh, brick and mortar. And I don't know what the adoption rate for online is in Pakistan. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit.
1: Yeah, In Pakistan, it is increasing. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the companies. They started to see Pakistan as ally. Um, to enter Pakistan. Before this year, probably there was no chance that Amazon would enter Pakistan. Of uh, e-commerce sales going up rapidly. Uh, but yes, probably not comparable to, say, India or Malaysia, but uh, soon I think we're going to better understanding that... Um, future. So... I don't have a percentage or in my mind right now, but yeah, yeah it's. I think I
0: saw a documentary about startups in, in Pakistan. They're coming up, right? There are some startups. I think I saw a parking startup in Pakistan.
1: Oh yeah. So we have a lot of incubators here. Since uh, They're mushrooming everywhere. E-commerce stores, everyone will, um or online never, if nothing else works they have their yeah. business up so we have food delivery business they just simply cook up meals and then get it delivered so so yeah
0: yeah I mean, have, have you thought of building your own products like maybe like an e-commerce platform like a shopify kind of thing for pakistan stuff like that
1: uh it's it's kind of in the pipeline we haven't really materialized it um to to target specifically pakistan so not yet Mm. later on we would so like right now much elsewhere because there is just too much of a demand that we cannot meet so if like we're looking for or Or, um, an e-commerce store for pakistan we would need an entire team um to really expand and you know so uh, maybe later. Now there's too much on the plate already.
0: Yeah. So it's 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 client work. Now y'all don't build your own products per se. You build products for clients, correct?
1: Yes.
2: I see. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and and it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, going back to what you mentioned about. Uh, business support services um, basically client servicing like the pandemic really hit a lot of a lot of industries hard and like economies everywhere are tanking and and at the same time digital adoption and uh, remote mobility are kind of vital aspects for survival for most businesses right so mm-hmm. we're seeing a couple mm-hmm. of things happening right um, there's a little bit of an oversaturation in, in digitization that a lot of digital uh, Oh yes. Uh, sectors are becoming oversaturated. People are confused. People that have never um, even thought about digital adoption are now scrambling to get on board. And there's a lot of, um, as much as there are, as much as there is a lot of help, there's a lot of um, confusion, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. Is that something that you're on your side? Yeah. So, for example, I I read a report by McKenzie. Uh, You thought uh, saturation of digitization. That is absolutely true because You just cannot have an online presence and things to work out. It's so you need, uh, you need like a digital mark with ready for decade. So, so yeah, cannot hope for like have a Facebook page or just have a blog. So you're going to see, start seeing sales. it's a product or service that you're selling. So. So yeah, there is pretty, uh, a
2: lot. And what's pretty interesting about the whole thing is that the tragedy of, of, of the current situation is that uh, the COVID pandemic has almost created an artificial bubble in a sense, a digitize, digitization bubble, so to speak, right? Like um, everybody's coming online, even the ones that never thought they would be online, they're coming online now, they need digital adoption, they need systemization, mm. they need digital infrastructures. But the truth of it is that the ones that were there first, the ones that, that put in the work from the very beginning before all of all of all of these uh, these things happened, they are the ones that are established. And the ones and there are going to be many. There's going to be a lot of fallout, uh, the way I see it. And and sooner or later the pandemic will uh, will will end, right? And 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 so it's kind of like a bubble, like bursting. A little a little thing that a little thing that I that I kind of predict happening I think but yeah, yeah.
1: so I, I would I, disagree with the with the bubble I think this uh this rapid digitization is will stay will here stay. people are yeah people are getting accustomed to this new economy new lifestyle so I think if if I'm getting used to getting my food delivered or uh Using Uber too much. Well, I don't know the, the situation of the COVID, but um, um, say whatever I use patient. So right now, or office and- now, it's like uh, I we need to follow protocol. It's like a fifty percent staff or thirty percent staff because of uh measures. So I soon and yet businesses that have been doing this um a digital marketing for quite some time or beginning yes they have an advantage but i still who can tap into the market there they can see opportunity they can still beat the old timers it's just how you cap the the shift so uh, for example i mean i've already talked about this on a podcast i I also actually have my own one um so i gave the example of uh, Chinese firm. It went against Alibaba, Alibaba and uh, DJ.com. So, I mean, that was unprecedented against such giant, But the company did it. I mean, it, it beating them. The market. is in, in the top three. It's significant because they realized the uh, the social selling, where um, people can group together and buy. Yeah, social media. So, like in groups. So, I mean, it's a kind of a matchup of Groupon and Amazon. So, this opportunity wasn't provided on Alibaba or um, on the other platforms. So, they still found a, a a way to to capture They still did it. So, so yeah, if there's a, a new timer, it's, it's a newcomer capturing the market digital media yeah. or making probably better content. They have a better email strategy. So I think they can still beat the, the dinosaurs.
2: Right, yeah. And I think uh, this digital era, if anything at all, it's ushered in this extremely empowering sense of accessibility. And I think that's what gives rise to a lot of this David and Goliath cases where small mm-hmm. guys can take on big guys you know, at any given moment. But I think the, the interesting thing, it, we're living in very interesting times right now, like um, with, mm. with the massive digital adoption that's happening right now. Um, I see some similarities between that and NFTs, blockchain, for example, where there's hype that's built around these, the, these aspects. And um, I, 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 would, I would call them bubbles, but at the same time, they aren't really bubbles because what happens is, like you said, I agree with what you said, where they are here to stay. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of like what happened with the dot-com mm-hmm. bubble a uh, couple of, uh, you know, way back when, where there was a huge buildup of hype, and then things kind of uh, died down. And then what remained was the necessary foundation, the established infrastructure that, that we see mm-hmm. so much progress from. Yeah, So it's kind, of like a, it's kind of like the making of a new industry, the making of, you know, like a blockchain technology has so much potential. Um, digital adoption has so much potential and there's so much growth that's happening right now but right now i think the hype kind of is there and then it'll slowly kind of uh, normalize and then we will see some proper we'll see some proper things happening from there on right i think that's that's, that's uh, yeah, it's yeah. A,
0: bit of a, a little bit of a wild wild west scenario and like like Khalid said i mean uh, it's like um, when the dust settles right Like like what happened with the with the dot-com bubble I mean, that, that that was sort of like a culling or like a reckoning, right? Like the ones that uh, remain, uh, ones that I think, are still with us today, a lot of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on to... to uh, No, to I, I, just,
1: I, I just want to totally agree with the dot-com thing compared to the, this blockchain revolution going on. So just coming up, 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 in the dot-com bubble, the companies that was just simply using the word internet, hey, we're on the internet they, they just they fade away because i mean, mean just using the word online or internet it wasn't just going to you know uh, keep them afloat so the actual uh, substance companies like google and amazon they stay yeah. and it, it, so the, and, uh, i mean they're dominating the world i guess uh so it's it's the same with the blockchain i mean blockchain is a technology so if it's just the the mania of cryptocurrency if you remove that the, the technology is going to stay. And the companies who are leveraging the blockchain technology, creating actual products that actually provide solutions, yes, them mature over the years.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's really interesting when you, when you kind of pin down the historical pattern that, that kind of uh, uh, repeats itself over and over again. It's kind of almost like um, a process that kind of is inevitable with any new innovative industry or in, uh, uh, innovation uh, it it happens, kind of exactly the same way. It's interesting, right? Like, I, mm. yeah. But
1: anyway, that's the- we're 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 not gonna change. It's human psychology, so we just get driven by the same primitive triggers.
0: Yeah, you yeah. can see the that that recur again and again. Like like for example, back then, like you said, like during the dot com um, bubble, like before that. There were just too many search engines, right? There was Alta Vista, Lycos, I think, Ask Jeeves, and then there was Google and like pretty much the only one that made it through pretty much was Google and a little bit of Yahoo, right? And um and and I think the differentiator there was focus, right? Like Google really knew what it was focusing on, right? Which was search, right? The rest of them didn't really. Were kind of neither here nor there. So I think focus is a big differentiator to see um, who actually makes it through.
1: Yes, All right. Th- that is true. Uh, I mean, you need to play to your strengths. You cannot just capture every. The trend is you just uh, and on your banner. That's not going to sell for very long. So yeah. Google had this algorithm they truly mastered that the only ones who the search engine yeah. not the world
2: yeah it's it's almost like as a civilization we do things, and the ones that are serious and the ones that have focus and kind of determination and a good direction they they stay and survive the rest the rest just kind of move move on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, moving on to, to the, the content aspect of, of going back to InfoZone, <laughs> um, I think awareness is a pretty big part uh, of, of this whole platform, uh, looking at InfoZone. And I think educating the market on the importance of outsourcing their projects is a big, big part of what uh, you guys do. And I think InfoZone does a phenomenal job. It, uh, you guys do a pretty incredible job in terms of awareness building and marketing, just blog okay. section, right? Um, looking through it, very extensive, very informative. Uh, we at Polyndrome, we, we focus on certain key aspects when it comes to fine-tuning blog content. And um, Infozone's blog has pretty much nailed almost all of it. Uh, kudos to you and your team. Uh, I think you're, you're, you're leading the, um, you must be leading the, the content aspect of things, being the, the, the content marketer, right?
1: Yes. Uh, thank you so much. Yes, uh, I am leading. And obviously the credit goes to the team, the writers, the SEO. So, so yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I like a lot of what I see. Like there's a good clean layout aesthetically, number one. Um, there's plenty of categories, plenty of topics because you guys cover in terms of services, you guys cover a wide range of things. So the blog uh, respectively matches that. Um, I see that the titles that you guys focus on are laser focused, and, and like informative, really informative. And there's a lot of how-to content. That's that's always a good a good thing in our books. Uh, a lot of how-to content. It's good for SEO, as you know, and and, and also offers real value to to readers from an actionable standpoint. Like um, people want to know stuff. People. Uh, one big mistake that we see with a lot of um, blog sections for a lot of companies is that the blog sections filled with Accolades, achievements, stuff that they have managed to do, and stuff like that, and like that's great and all. Like, there's nothing wrong with including that, but they forget to to implement some to, to offer value in terms of their content. So, and you guys have done that stunningly well. Um, and I also really like how technical some of your posts are, um, yet they are they are easy to understand. Uh, I think it really reflects. Uh, InvoZone a- as kind of like an authority in the field, right? Um, was there a, a, a big learning curve or um, did you did you manage to kind of prove this off easily with uh, the amount of content experience that you had in the past? Or uh...
1: Uh, There was a bit of a learning curve. Uh, I mean, I have been in the software in- industry for quite a while, but I mean, InvoZone had a different business model. So, for example first uh, i had to categorize our content that the topics we needed to cover so broadly speaking we cover blockchain cloud computing cybersecurity e-commerce fintech healthcare and some others so then i had to choose um prioritizing that we need to focus on which ones i mean we, we need to look at the winners that bring in the most business so I mean, we could have a killer content um, for a blog post, but then if it's not generating any business, then there's hardly any point of you know just showing off that we've got traffic on this if it's not converting. So there's no point. Um, so talking about the the format. So yeah, we have. Um, a format l- laid out as uh, we write about versus, like one pro- pro- programming language versus the other. So Elixir versus Erlang, how how do they perform? So that is very interesting to our clients and prospects because they want to know which technology to go for. So we kind of solve that problem for them. Then there are list articles. Um, so what are the, the benefits of using a certain tech stack or, or a language? Or what are going to be the trends in say cybersecurity or blockchain or IoT or e-commerce 2021, or what were the trends last year? So these are lists. Then we also write about case studies. So those are very in-depth problem-solving real-world examples. Um, so that help our clients a lot. And then there's the knowledge-based article that is just like the top of the funnel content where we're inviting almost every, everyone so someone is researching they' they're not necessarily our prospect or client but we want to invite them to the website to check us out they engage with the, the content scroll and click on links and stay there sign up for the newsletter so that that's good for uh, the SEO ranking um, so so yeah as far as the knowledge or understanding the business, goes yes there was a learning curve but as far as the content marketing aspect of it i think i had it already in my mind so so yeah
2: yeah that that must have been pretty useful for 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 your experience it really does make a make a difference it does go a long way um, really interesting uh how you uh like you were mentioning you have kind of a, a spectrum of content that caters to a different uh, levels of readers right from, from um, simplicity to depth you have uh, as you mentioned top of funnel content that that focuses on simpler more introductory um, um, blog posts and that kind of um, ease people into the uh, the huge host of content that you have here and then there are more serious ones case studies um, I, I like the 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 titles that go, that that are like the importance of this, the importance of that, like the the importance of requirement analysis process and software development, really in-depth stuff for the more serious readers, the warmer prospects, I guess, right?
1: Mm, True. And I just want to add another thing. Uh, A lot of companies don't do this. Uh, The marketing and sales department, usually they do not interact that much. I mean, they should have like a a weekly or monthly meeting where, where you get real Real time input from the sales team. So, for example, um, we use like H- HRF and SEMrush for keyword analysis or uh, Google keywords. But sometimes the sales department gives us a lot of info that we need to kind of adjust and calibrate our content marketing efforts. We would Uh, like a sales guy would tell us, hey, um, the trend for a certain programming language is going up and the clients are really interested in learning about this or that trend. So it would be fun if you could write about that. We're not gonna find that on the Google ranks or uh, Google keywords. So we write about that based on the info from the sales guys. So that that comes in really handy. Yeah, that's a fantastic strategy. Like, uh,
2: you know, you're right, like, it's True, that, that a lot of companies kind of miss the mark when it comes to um kind of fusing the efforts, having the synergy between sales and marketing. And it's, it's, it's funny because you hear when you hear sales and marketing, it's, it's usually sales and marketing, right? People usually say sales and marketing, it usually comes usually in the same sentence at one uh, at once, but but people forget to, to kind of include the synergy there. And I think you guys. Uh, you can see it in, in the content that you guys produce because of the precision and i think you guys go the extra mile in terms of precision and uh, now we know why right like um, having meetings um, communicating with the sales force about the the, the key drivers to, to sales and and, and what uh, what really sells and then implementing that applying that to the content and uh, yeah, so, so I'm assuming that, that the blog is, is a pretty big uh, key driver to, to, to a lot of the sales and conversions that you guys uh, that you guys are,
1: are, are getting? Yes, that is true. So blog is probably the number one um, doorway to, to our sales funnel. Uh, besides that, we also write a lot of marketing material, so PDF reports. Um, so, so we can also uh, reuse our blog content within those PDFs. We kind of combine a lot of reports into it and that is easy to send an email to the clients or the prospects. So that comes in handy for the sales team as well. And by the way, so just landing the client and the prospect on the, on the website is, is just, just, just the beginning. So you really need to convert them to, I mean, uh, th- that's just the start of the journey so we kind of collaborate all the way till the conversion of the uh, the prospect um so the collaboration with the sales team it just it continues so like blog is just one aspect of it
2: right right yeah yeah that's that's definitely the key over there right like uh, a lot of people um, do a great job with their blog um but then they that's that's where it ends they, they forget they forget about the the whole process of conversion and, and how it kind of works and there are a lot of ways to do that uh um, do you mind sharing a little bit of of tips for our listeners uh, of how to kind of um i would say weaponize
1: your blog as like (laughs) an extension of marketing uh Okay, so I would say, well, I cannot give you like a cookie cutter solution, but what has worked for us is having different formats of the blog post um, after in-depth discussion over and over again with the sales guys, with our CEO, with our CTO, so to really understand what our clients need. I mean, going back to my earlier point, so I could rank well on a keyword, but if it's not generating business for our business model or for our services, uh, it's, it's, it's almost useless to us. So having an in-depth discussion with them and then actually showing our uh, blog templates or formats with them that, what do you think the clients are gonna think if they land on this page? What do you think uh, they will be interested in this CTA or if we offer them this ebook or report or stat? Would they be interested, curious to learn more, and yeah, so that would be uh, the the main driver of our uh, blogging effort. So, so yeah, and plus the basics. Uh, goal: r- Looking at the competitors, I mean, what they're doing. Sometimes their marketing department is more innovative, more creative than us. They come up with killer video banger videos. So you can get inspiration from them or sometimes they just come up with a, a a lame video for a very good topic. And we think, Hey, why not just write a a blog post that actually addresses the issues that they have missed. So probably you, you, you know, the Brian Dean's concept of um, what's it called? The skyscraper technique. So we all use that a lot in our blogging and uh, content efforts. So, so yeah. I would say it, it begins with the sales. We probably start from the end, um, then go back to the top of the funnel. So all our blogging efforts are, well, 99% of the time it's sales oriented, but then, then 1% is, is the knowledge base because we want to attract people from all walks of life.
2: Yeah, and I think that's how it should be, right? Uh, you, you could say ninety percent, 90% is sales oriented because... We need to take care of our bottom line as an enterprise. But the other 10% is knowledge based kind of top of the funnel style content to help uh, with awareness, help with knowledge spreading uh, towards the market. Very interesting synergy
0: between sales and marketing, I mean, uh, this is something that I advocate for as well, and I, I uh, also advocate for, I think you've, you've uh, done this in, uh, one of your articles I saw had um, an audio version, so like, instead of reading it, you can listen to it, yeah, so this is the sort of, um, sort of multimedia approach to uh, blog content, it doesn't necessarily always have to be only uh, text, yeah? so... And then, like for SEO as well, there's you know, image tagging, and stuff like that. but I mean, like for us, we use um, HubSpot for uh, 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 as our CRM. So I mean, do, do you use the CRM as well?
1: Yeah, we do, but we don't rely too much on it. I mean, going back to the the, the audio part or the multimedia approach. So we have added the the audio uh, qu- quite recently, probably a month or two back, and the. The idea was basically very simple because not everyone is interested in reading. They click on a very catchy headline. They land on the web page or the blog post, but they, they're not gonna stick around. They're not gonna read the entire thing. That's a very low percentage of people. So why not just give them a button to click on and they can listen to the entire article. And that has worked well. It also increased the session duration and they just stay on the page for longer. Uh, so yeah, that has helped. And plus, yeah, the images, the tagging, the basic SEO, yeah, we have that covered. I mean, the SEO team, they, they really work well on that. Um, I, I want to share another um, marketing tip or uh, my own strategy is that I give almost free hand to my writers. So they need to demonstrate their personality um, through their blog content. So for example, one writer is more comfortable using images, the other one is more comfortable using the infographics and and the third one, they like GIF images. So there's no restriction from my side that, hey, InvoZone has this format and they need to stick with that. So it's up to them how they express their knowledge, their expertise, however they see fit. So so yeah, and plus we also focus on um, getting the CEO or CTO listed for interviews so that also demonstrates our expertise so someone is looking for services and they if they see or read the interview of our ceo or cto they realize well they are, these guys know their craft and it's better if we take our business to this company so so yeah and besides uh, these things guest posts and prs that is also on our list we also delve into those for so you rely on we all rely more on organic rather than paid ads, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we, we are focusing solely almost, uh, on organic. We have, um, experimented a little with the paid ads, but that's not our focus currently. So we want to establish ourselves first. Um, like have the foundations covered. So approaches like 90% organic. Wow. That's very, very
0: important. I mean, like, the, um, so, uh, totally like organic SEO, not even SDM, yeah.
1: Yeah, organic SEO mostly.
0: Wow. So, like, like, I mean, do you get like a lot of referrals or word of mouth, or do people go straight through the, through the funnel and uh, do your CTAs
1: and then uh, come in as a lead or something like that? Yeah, we do. So, I mean, guest posting has worked really well. We do get a lot of uh, backlinks or referrals. Um, we don't have like a, a, a strategic or an established referral system, but um, through our, say, networking and thing, it, we do get a significant amount of traffic and backlinks. By the way, for like the next quarter, our focus will be a lot on branding. So, so yeah, that's was, yeah, so that was kind of a missing point. But yeah, we're going to go for branding. Next, yeah, I mean that's that's that's
0: one thing with us service providers. Because I, um, I consider uh, us well similar to um, you guys, and um, like like uh like service providers like Dollar Shave Club or like you know one of these like brand, Amazon that's brand right. But us service providers we go on functionality right. People come to us and like, functionality. So the functionality of the network, and not necessarily right. yeah. And then, like, what differentiates one service provider from another? that is, um, that is something that it is
1: Yeah. Sorry, uh, come again. I didn't get your question. So you talked about the functionality? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the uh, branding,
0: uh, I think it's important as well, and it's for the long term. Am I right? Like, yes. Because, because in the end, people might use uh, our services based on functionality, right? But yes, what? But yeah, so what can differentiate us from other providers? It's brand, right? Exactly. Yeah. Between A and B, why would they go
1: with either one of them? Yes, perfect. Yeah, yeah, you've nailed it. So for example, for us, we provide the latest um, uh, engineers and programmers in the latest tech stack. So if people have trouble finding Elixir or React developer around the world, we we readily provide them. So we specialize in that. So we need to incorporate that in our branding. And by the way, so when I looked at the Google Analytics, I have uh, wondered, we have a lot of direct traffic as in people uh, search our name in Volzone on on web, which was pretty mm. interesting because uh, we never really put that much work into our branding. So probably we need to focus on that and leverage. So probably we've got the functionality part covered, um, most of it. Now we really need to drive home uh, our branding strategy.
0: Interesting. So that that like
1: I mean it's a different
0: type of content stack. I mean, like, um, like you talked about top of funnel, yeah, top of and also, like, um, I, mean, I think as you go along, uh, establishing yourself as a thought leader, now you get into thought leadership part, yeah, the authority building, and uh, you know, like, um, uh, it is not necessarily talking about yourself, uh, talk, but, but displaying your expertise, um, relating that to your brand,
1: correct? Right? Yes, uh, you are correct in that. Yes, we need to establish ourselves as experts. And I actually prefer my my team. So my writer, one would be an expert in cybersecurity, the other one in blockchain, the other one in in e-commerce. And I want to actually promote them as experts of their niche. So when someone lands on their blog content, they would read it and understand, well, this person knows about the industry; they know what they're talking about. Let's check out their uh, company page or teams, and who's the the CTO? Who is the project manager? So yeah, so that's top of the funnel, uh, establishing our writers as the experts of their niche, and then the sales guys can take over.
0: Yeah, like um, I, I don't know if you've heard of this company called Instagram. Um, they provide a chat um, product. Uh, And and they're they're very healthy. And I think, like you, 50% of their sales have come from um, that one. It's it's about, like, why do people know? You know, there's a multitude of chat products out there, and I think chat is one of those chat boxes for the website, right? Why would
2: people choose? Um, Bro? They have... Bro? I think you are, yeah. you're yeah. We, we kind of do... Oh really no, no,
1: no. Yeah, actually I'm sorry, there's a lot of static in, in the line. I don't know from where. Yeah, um, can you hear me now? Yeah, I, I do hear you. I mean I hear bits and pieces, but yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, uh, basically I think we've we we've, we've reached it anyway. So um uh, thank you very much for being with us, Nile.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, my pleasure. Anytime, man. Uh, you can call me if something remained uh, Something remained unanswered. So, no, I yeah, that... you know, it was a pleasure uh, being on your podcast, man. Really interesting questions.
0: Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think that's all of it. I think we've managed to cover pretty much everything. So, thank you very much, man.
1: Pleasure, man. Okay. Pleasure, Khaled. Thanks, man. Okay.
2: okay. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.